Talk is Jericho. So tell us about some of the scary uh, episodes and some of the situations that you've had uh, so far this season. Oh gosh, <laughs> absolutely nuts. Well, we started with um, we started with Catherine Gleason, who lived alone in a w- in the woods, thirty five acres, frightened for over a decade, and we were able to figure out that it. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to figure out that, you know, there were a couple of entities in the house, and one of which uh, was a little girl, and she used to keep them in the back room and not open that door and say, you have to stay here. So imagine telling a real three-year-old girl that for, for 10 years. So, so, so the lady who lived in the house mm-hmm. told the ghost to stay mm-hmm. in there? Yeah, because she was so afraid of it. But once we were able to kind of pinpoint that's what was happening and who it was, she, you know, went in that room and said, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to treat you like this. And... You know, we've gotten word from her that everything is going well and everything is... How do you find this stuff out? Like, for, first <laughs> of all, for, for a decade of, of being terrorized, mm-hmm. I mean, she hasn't said anything to anybody or, or nobody cares or they think she's nuts? Or, or She did. I think for her what happened was, and what we have found in a few cases, is she had kids and as they grew up, they, um, they moved out and then that's when she really started noticing things because you know when you know when kids are in the house it's just like a blur there's noise and stuff and you're easily going to miss that your house could be haunted but then when she, when they left she noticed these things happening and so that's why she kind of put up with it for the last 10 years or so and then she talked to her kids and they said oh you didn't notice all this going on so mm. But yeah, I mean that it's it's intense research. That's how we come up with, you know, who it could be. I mean, in that case we found out there had been a sawmill right next to her property and that a three year old girl had died, had been sawed in half in a terrible accident in the forties. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was very traumatic for her to find out, you know, I'm a mom of a you know, she's right. now four, but at the time she was three and I just that story just did not sit well with me for the longest time and and that's happened so many times where we go into these homes and they expect it to be this loved one and then we find out it's somebody completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a case in Connecticut where this family, they were being scratched, they were, you know, um, they were having things broken on a regular basis. I mean, this was kind of almost a violent haunting. We found out before there was a man who had rented the house who was a, a, like a raging alcoholic and all the neighbors knew about him and he died in the house. And we got these EVPs that were like, I need quiet, you know, trying to mm-hmm. freak us out. And mm-hmm. he just, he wanted his house back and they kept, you know, doing all these changes to it and stuff. And so these are the things we're finding out. And it's it's wild. I mean, she, she, uh, yes. And we also found out there was an unsolved murder that was 130 years to yes. the date that we were at the house that happened up the hill from the property. Like, I'm sorry, what? And mm. people in the area have similar activity based on this entity that is connected to this unsolved murder that was happening 130 years ago to the day we are in the house. Right. Mm-hmm. right it's insane. Right, right. Yeah. And you can't plan it. You literally can't plan it because we uncover all of the stuff. And the thing is, like when we investigate that first night, we might not get a lot of activity. So we go, what do we do? So we go to historical societies. We go to the library. We go to the deeds office. We look at, um, we, we uncover every possible thing that we can use in our investigation to give us, to put us in that right direction of who's actually there. And then we keep piling it on and piling it on. And then, you know, by the fifth day, we have this awesome, like, private eye investigation of a ghost. And we figured it out, like, and hopefully given them answers. So then are you going in there with this information? Are you having personal encounters with, with with the entities that are in there? Oh, we do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we always start with what the family's experiencing. They tell us what has happened to them, and we go in and investigate right away. 
and see what happens to us, you know, see what kind of evidence we mm -hmm. can gather. And then using what they've told us and what evidence we've gathered, we wake up first thing the next day and start researching and see what other paths we can go down. And so it's, it is super intense. And, you know, sometimes these entities are like, you know, they're not into us being there at all. And so they're trying to scare us off. Sometimes they want to talk to us because we always have the family introduce us to them. As soon as we get there, mm -hmm. we have them sit down and say, this is Amy and Adam, and this is why they're here. If you want to talk, they're friends of mine. And so it kind of opens up this line of communication. So if it is somebody that they're familiar with things will start happening with us almost immediately so yeah we've had lots of what kind of stuff is happening you know the the one in Connecticut we were talking about before with the the shoebox murder is what we found mm -hmm. out happened on their property we got there and literally as soon as I went downstairs to set up the cameras I was all by myself and something just started whispering in my ear I mean and there's it's very disconcerting when you hear what sounds like a human voice coming from a place where like a mouth would be, but there's mm -hmm. nothing there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that was just almost immediate. And, um, you know, we've, we've had other instances like that where they just, I'm trying to think of, um, well, they, what's an another big moment they, for they us. They do things to like get our attention. They like bang on things mm -hmm. that are right in front of you. They, oh, that's right. they, once we know, for instance, like if we're trying, there was a case that we did, um, in, uh, outside of Boston and we needed to know, um, things about this person that had passed, that was murdered in the basement of this house. And so, you know, the uh, homeowner informed us that her brother who was murdered, um, liked matchbox cars and liked dollar bills. He could only, he, um, he had a handicap and he only could count in dollars. And, and so we would use those to interact with them. So we put up these dollars on the side and we put up these matchbox cars and we get EVPs, you know, from the voice recorder that it sounds like whoosh, and it sounds like an adult male wow. playing with matchbox cars and the dollars that we set up fall over and like get pushed down. Like somebody put their hand flat on top of the dollar. And you're seeing this. And we see, we catch it. On our it. camera, yeah. We catch it. And that to us tells us that we are speaking with this person because A, um, it, it is exactly what um, the trait, the character traits that the per individual had. Um, the homeowner identifies the voice and says, oh my God, that sounds just like my brother. And you know, we are using things that would trigger a reaction. Mm -hmm. And that's, and I think those are the most interesting things mm -hmm. to us because we don't expect that. We are using everything we possibly can. And right. for this to happen, it, um, it literally, bl I mean, blows my, I'm blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, we had no idea. When that EVP came through, of what sounded like an adult playing with cars, we didn't understand it. We were like, what does this mean? You know, and, and we played it for the client and she instantly said, you know, that's Eric, that's my brother. She that's knew immediately. Mm -hmm. And those were like the exact sounds he made. And we had no way of knowing that. And so when you get that crazy confirmation, it's, you know, we still get goosebumps That's when that incredible. happens. Yeah, mm -hmm. that. Now, just explain that. We've we talked about this quite a few times with, with a lot of my paranormal guests, but the EVP is the electronic voice projection. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this is not something that you're hearing when you go in the house. You're recording, and then you go back and listen to it afterwards? Well, we do it real time. So we will record, you know, for a couple minutes and ask some questions, then we listen right there. Because we have a recorder that it only records if it hears something. Thing. So it's a lot quicker for us to actually play it back. Mm -hmm. And so we'll talk to something and then get an answer a couple minutes later and just keep going and based on what they tell us. So we can have a full conversation with a ghost. And, and that's what... 
um, you know, the, the recorder we have, it's, it's this crazy recorder from like the nineties mm. that they don't make anymore. We have to yeah. find it on eBay we and, paid a lot of money I, <laughs> yeah, and, and, but it gets results and, um, it's, it's amazing what we hear with this thing. And so, yeah, it's, it's, we do immediate playback. So it's almost like, you know, if you have a, a voice app on your phone and you're sending voice messages and you wait until you hear the, and you go check out your voicemail, that's what you're basically doing yep. but mm-hmm. with this old, you know, this old machine that you mentioned. Yep. Why is it not something that you can hear via human ear? It can only be recorded on this on this box. There's a lot of theories about that. I mean, yeah. EVP's been around for so long. People noticed it, you know, doing you know, recordings, gosh, back in like the 60s, and they would play things back, and there would be kind of voices that weren't there originally. Um, and so we, we don't know why. We don't know if it's just like one of those kind of infrasound things where we don't hear it with our ear, you know, like maybe like your, dog. your dog yeah. hears something, mm-hmm. and that certain recorders pick it up better than others or, or what. I mean, there's a lot of people who are a lot more technologically advanced than we are that might have been. <laughs> ideas but we just know we i mean we just run with it because it works works. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 I mean, especially, you know, it works when it's giving you names that you have already, like you haven't researched yet. And then the names come up as like the previous homeowner. There was a case in, was it Connecticut again, where we were looking, we were looking for, um, we kept looking for their family and looking for their family. We're getting nothing, getting nothing, getting nothing. And so Amy started rattling off previous homeowners. um, I was like, you know, who are you? And we get an EVP that says Kotek, which was his last name. And then um, it's like, are you Mr. Kotek? Yes. And like this, this guy was from Poland. He didn't speak any English, and so that's why he wasn't interacting with us. So we, what do we do? Find a Polish translator yeah. at a Polish diner. <laughs> we wow. literally, we had our producers. They, they were, you know, we said we need a translator because this guy was Polish, and he mm-hmm. didn't. I spoke with his brother, and he said he didn't, or his son, he didn't speak any English. And so I said, well, I need a translator. And right. our producers were trying to find a translator. And I'm like, look, Little Poland is down the street. There's a neighborhood called Little Poland. <laughs> yep. Somebody down there speaks Polish. Oh. And so our producer literally just walked into a restaurant <laughs> and was like, I need someone who speaks Polish. Yeah. And the owner's owner. wife. Yeah, was came like, down. Here she, comes. she was amazing. Did you tell her what you're doing? Oh yeah, yeah she, she was, was totally into, into it. it. And she also worked for the town, so she knew all about the Polish immigrants that from this time period could give us backstory on like who they might have been and why they why he might have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, she knew the company he worked for, and we oh, found out where he God. worked. He said where he worked in an EVP. We said where do you work? And he said Atlantic Tool, which was the company he worked for. And then she told us that nobody spoke English there; they only spoke Polish. Wow! And so of course he could work. There. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, crazy. it's insane things like that. Like, you know, it's happening and you know, it's working because we didn't know any of this information sure. and it's coming and it, there it is. And it's, it's completely bizarre and it's why we do it. I mean, we do it to help the families. Clearly it's not about us, but it, there is this like adrenaline rush that you get when you're on that right path mm-hmm. to like the, the truth. So what is it about Connecticut and New England? There always seems to be so much paranormal activity in that area. I mean, we talked about it a little earlier in the show, but I want to go back to it. Like, what's what's up with this area? Why is it so uh, haunted, so to speak? But first, I want to talk to all the Talk is Jericho listeners, how they can win themselves a little extra holiday cash. Who doesn't want some extra holiday cash? I know I do. You know how you can get it? Go play some fantasy MMA this weekend at DraftKings.com. I know you guys love MMA, a huge uh, segment of, of the show, or big MMA fans. You know about the fighters. You know their strengths, their weaknesses 
etc., etc. Put that knowledge to work for you. Make some cash. Go play fantasy MMA at DraftKings.com. And if you use my promo code Y2J, you can play for free with your first deposit. And playing fantasy MMA at DraftKings is easy. It's so easy. Like, really easy. All you got to do is pick six fighters, stand under the salary cap, and rack up points based on how your team of fighters performs. You get points for significant strikes, takedowns, submissions, knockdowns, and all those points can lead you right to an instant cash payola this weekend, a big payday this weekend. Go toe-to-toe with the competition and win. Make some money. Make the money and never give it up. As if watching MMA wasn't already exciting enough, take it to a whole nother level with DraftKings.com. So get to DraftKings now to choose your fighters and you can win some serious cash this Saturday night. Don't forget, use my promo code Y2J to play for free with your first deposit as promo code Y2J to play for free for your shot at huge cash prizes only at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See website for details. You want to play fantasy MMA? Play with the Kings. Play DraftKings.com. Promo code Y2J and get ready for this weekend. What is it about Connecticut, New England area? We mentioned it earlier. (laughs) There's so much activity around here. I, I even did a, a pilot. I might have told you about yeah. the Bridgewater Triangle, mm-hmm. which is just down yeah, yeah. the road. But there's so much action up around this area. Any ideas? I just think it's the history. I think mm-hmm. it's been, you know, it's one of the oldest parts of the country and so much has happened here. And there's just, I mean, there's just something about New England. I mean, like I've said before to paranormal investigators, like England, New England is like what Hollywood is to actors. Like we, I lived in California and I moved yeah. here for the ghost. Right. And, <laughs> right. you know, I think between this and the South, like you get to New Orleans and stuff and kind of the same thing. It's mm-hmm. very, very haunted. But I think mm-hmm. those are probably the most haunted areas of the country. Yeah. So tell us some more about, about what you've experienced on Kindred Spirits because you mentioned before that the initial idea was to talk to families that thought they had uh, re- relatives but we've heard some other ones like with the shoebox murders and all this there are other people mm-hmm. tell us some about where there actually was their family members um, the, the um, <clears throat> well there was the case that we did in I mean we did Oh, so many we traveled so many with the one with chip but i feel like she yeah. her grandmother um passed away in the house and she did not speak to her grandmother for how long was it, like 10 years it was just they were it was this very he really learned a lot about family dynamics doing this but they had she and her grandmother were super close like her grandmother practically raised her and they had a falling out very random mm-hmm. and they hadn't spoken in like years 10 mm-hmm. years or something and but she never understood why. And so then she ended up buying the house that her grandmother had died in because her family kind of talked her into it. Right. But then all this crazy stuff started happening. Her master bedroom was where her grandmother died. Yeah. And so she's like, is my grandmother here? And is she causing these problems? And we, you know, we were able to determine that she would, you know, was there, but it's, but she wasn't like trying to do anything. Like she wasn't trying to like hurt her family. You mm-hmm. know, she didn't ca- I mean, it was from Chip's point of view. I think he said, um, she uh, uh, she doesn't care. I mean, that, like what past is past, and like she's she's passed away, and that let's move on from this kind of like situation. And it, it's not you know these are the kind of things where they they bring out photos again. You know these are people that they were so estranged from, but now she you know she actually hung up some of her grandmother's belongings in the house again, and you know acknowledged that she was there. And then the activity really slows down for them. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes it's just as simple as kind of mending those fences and things you know we don't we don't cross people over people always ask us why don't you you know send them to the light or 
because we've done not we haven't done that but we've been around it many times and then we've come back you know weeks months you know years later and that ghost is still there and so we don't ever see that working but what we have seen work time and time again is getting their message across finding out why they're still lingering and kind of giving them those answers and the next thing you know the activity either goes away or really slows down so i think there's something more to kind of figuring out the mystery as to why they're mm. there than actually just saying no move on everything's fine mm. you know so. i mean i think the episode that's coming up is a, is a prime example of families thinking that it is a family member and you know maybe it is but which family member is mm. the surprise mm-hmm. you know i don't want to give too much away but it's um, and that they weren't even that wasn't even on their radar. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't on anyone's radar. And because of the activity leading us to a certain, you know, outcome, like this activity gave us clues which led us to a certain person. Right, right, and right. so it's like, uh, you know, I, I think I think really you can have an idea of who is there based on what's happening sometimes, but. Sometimes you have no idea. Most of the time, mm-hmm. you have no idea. Most of the time, you get and, to and what did you mean when you said you're not crossing them over? Well, uh, many people theorize that these ghosts are stuck, and that they need to be told they mm-hmm. can move on, or or maybe bring in you know clergy or whatever, and and pass them over, cross them to the light. You know, people say that a lot. Send them to the light. They need to be. But do you have the Caroline. power to do that? Well, I don't believe so, right. because I've seen it so many times where people claim to do it. Maybe people bring in psychics and mediums. And we obviously have nothing against psychics and mediums because mm-hmm. we use them. But I don't really believe in that theory just because I've seen it not work in too many instances. And the last thing I want to do is give these ghosts some false hope, you know. Um, so it's a lot more work to find out why they're here. And that's what we do. And I think, though, that has proven results for these people mm-hmm. uh, versus just telling them to leave. You know, we come in and say, hey, we get it. You know, you have this message for so-and-so or, you know, you just want to be here with your family or, you know, oh, you're not their family, but you're here because of this. Whatever the case may be, once they get that recognition so many times, the activity just really boils down or, or stops completely. Mm-hmm. So that's that to me is proven versus just crossing something right. over blindly, right. you know? So you're like basically saying once you kind of address whatever their problem is, mm-hmm. then they go away. Yeah. Right. You've been calling me, you know, you've been saying grandmother's been moving glasses again and I'm not your grandmother. I'm the guy who owned the property 200 years ago. Yeah. So now that I've been acknowledged and now that you know that, I'm going to like let you chill out for a minute. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the woman who, there was one woman who was convinced that the ghost in her house was the former owner who had committed suicide upstairs Mm -hmm. in, in, in the upstairs bedroom. Right. Come to find out, no, this woman had brought, you know, a lot of belongings from her grandmother with her into the house. And these were things her grandmother was very attached to that mm-hmm. she had actually made herself these like clay uh, pottery, pottery yeah. things. And and her grandmother was there watching over her. And she remembered that this woman, you know, sh- this girl, she would go back to her grandmother's grave regularly and clean it up. And she was the only one in the family doing it. Go back, clean it up. And her grandmother brought that up as we were investigating that she saw her doing that, you know. And so this was a shock to her because she thought it was something completely different. Mm-hmm. But no, it was a loved one. And so her too, things have kind of died down a bit since she's, you know, let her know. Oh, I, you know, I know I think they called her Nana. You yeah. know, Nana, Nana, I know you're here. And she talks to her and things. And you know, it's just not been as extreme. And I think that case was surprising for us too, because we were not only were we able to help the person actually living in the house, but we were able to help the daughter of the person that committed suicide because yes. we had to get in contact 
we wanted to know more about the person who, you know, died in the house. And so we got in contact with the daughter. The daughter came over. We assured her that we weren't doing anything malicious. Like we weren't making fun of her, the, per, her, the person that died and we be being, being very respectful. And I think that was great closure for that person because they literally just up and left the house and there, never came yeah. back. They there were still tons of their things were in the basement. And so she came over and got everything out. Mm-hmm. And, because I think that woman, she had like four or five kids and mm-hmm. just, it was very unexpected. She was very well loved in the community and, so this happened and literally the family like Adam said just left right and, and all of this stuff was in the basement yeah and they had um, one of those like um, height charts from when they were growing up and so we had a, uh, Amy had a contract a friend of hers come in and take out the oh. thing mm-hmm. and put a new one and give it to her because you know it's things that yeah you can't ever replace and I think that was we were able to really help two different families in one case and we never knew that was going to be happening it's interesting to me because I remember this from last time when we spoke Amy that this happens to you guys so much it's part of your job it's like you know when you're seeing these things it's like oh yeah then grandma was there and we moved this over here and did this this do you ever get scared has anything ever scared you recently you know or is it now just kind of par for the course and you know things are going to go bump next to you or people are going to be whispering in your ear does it still creep you out at all uh sometimes i mean i think we got creeped out there was a we we got an EVP like two or three times over the course of the season. <laughs> yeah, it was the same voice just randomly. I don't even know that we played it on the show. I, know, I don't think I it. I don't think we do. Um, just because it didn't have to do with the case, but we kept getting this EVP with the same voice. It says Amy Adam. <laughs> yeah, same voice, same voice. It, it just wow. And no matter what house you're in, no matter what. And so we no know what. this thing, whatever it is. I don't know that it's like I don't ever have anything weird happen in my house. So I don't know that yeah, it's like. You know, haunting us, or if it just kind of pops in, and I don't know what it is, or if it's hitchhiking with us, it's like coming. Very to, strange, but it's the same voice, and so we sit there and we're trying to reach, you know, Uncle Joe, and all of a sudden this thing comes through again, and we're like, oh god, there's that thing, there's that thing again, <laughs> and so then we have to address it, and we have to, you know, kind of figure out what that is. I mean, maybe season two, we'll figure it out. But <laughs> I know, like, it's kind of creepy though when it's saying your names, yeah, over yeah. and over again. And it's very, I mean, I have no idea who it is, why they're, I mean, we're both very strong people. We Mm -hmm. don't really, we're not worried about having like attachments or, you know, negative things latching onto us or bringing things home or anything like that. But we notice it and we're like, oh, I wonder who that is. (laughs) And I think it's different. Like we've had things that say like, you know, hey, Adam, or like, hey, Amy, like when it gets, when it learns your name, it talks to you and it's done that before, but this particular thing, just saying our names in sequence and it being with us in the first case, and then there was another case, and then there was a, the case in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a couple of times that it just, I don't know what its purpose is. And that to me is a little, it's a little off-putting, but not necessarily frightening. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, all right, now, should we give our attention to this person? And if we don't, will the activity increase? I mean, only time will right. tell. Yeah. Will it yeah. stop? Will it right. stop or will they just get more frustrated and try to reach out more? Because yeah. it seems like a lot of these, um, a lot of what you're dealing with are not malvant spirits. They're just, you know, maybe lost in the wrong place or just want some attention. Has there been times when, when like you, you've had to go to cases where people are terrified over the stuff that's going on? Many, many oh, yeah. of all these people. Ghost hunters at all? Yeah, I mean, a lot, I mean, I'm, Many of these people, they 
it's stuff that we see every day. So we're kind of not jaded, but we're used to sure. it. Sure. Oh, the table levitated. Fine. Yeah, no big deal. Right. No yeah, big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. For you guys, yeah. it's no big deal. But yeah, for but me, I'd be flipping like, out. If somebody right. knocked on this wall, they people would be like, oh my God. I'm like, you guys, come down. It's just a well, sure, knock. But, but it, right. it's just like, you know, uh, getting <laughs> suplexed off the top rope. It's like, exactly. that must kill you. And it's like, well, it really doesn't. It's just kind of what right. you do. Yeah, but, but if really, you suplex me, I'm done. For the right. Day. And if I go on a, if I go on a, on a excursion with you guys and someone whispers in my ear, I'll see you outside 50 feet away goodbye right so so there are terrifying you know people are terrified by some of these things like tell tell us what so like what's the scariest uh experience that you've ever seen somebody have or you've experienced yourself well i think anytime we have kids involved that's when it really kind of ups the ante for us live kids or ghost kids um you know when anybody has children that are being freaked out it just kind of makes it more intense for us especially me as a mom like you know, we, we did a case in New Britain, Connecticut, where these people were living in this kind of tenement house and they owned the whole thing and grandma lived on the bottom floor mm-hmm. and then one woman and her boyfriend and son lived on the second and then her other daughter lived on the top floor. And uh, it was her granddaughter, I think. I can't remember. But um, there was a little boy up there and he every night he would wake up and he kept seeing these crazy shadows in his room. And he, he told me, he was like, the monsters never go away. And he was f- genuinely freaked out. And when you have mm. this little boy looking at you and you don't want to like say, oh, it's a ghost. You know, you don't want to put that idea in their head. But when you have a child that's seeing shadows in their room every night and totally terrified, like that just kind of makes things a little more intense. The expression on a parent's face telling you these stories is like nothing you'll ever see because they are genuinely concerned for their child. Sure. And it's not necessarily, they're like, I can handle it. I'm going to handle it because I have to. But my kid, like my kid isn't innocent here. So what, what's happening? And I think that is, that's probably the most terrifying I've ever seen a, a homeowner. Yeah. It's when there's kids, you know, even that we did, we did a case in Pittsburgh where this woman, her, her son kept waking up and hearing something breathing over him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, she, again, she was really great in the fact, and we always tell parents, you know, don't say the G word, don't say ghost, you know, don't act like it's a big deal. Just wait and see if they're really freaked out. But he what like he would come into their room and, you know, climb into bed with mom and dad because something kept like breathing in his ear while he was trying to sleep. And mm-hmm. that, that helpless look in a parent's eyes, you know, because as a parent, as you know, you know, you want to be there for your kids and have all the answers but in that case they don't and it's 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 hard to see but it's great because we can come in and almost instantly go okay let's you know take it down a notch everything's going to be fine we're going to take care of it but they'll live with this for years before they see say anything because they are they're embarrassed or they're scared scared that people think they're crazy yeah right? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think other things that people experience um like can be explained naturally like there we there was a lady who um said that she woke up and couldn't move and felt like somebody was like sitting on her chest and you hear that quite a bit right and like something was hovering over her but she didn't see anything but she just felt it and she couldn't move and she was having a panic attack by it from it and really all of those things that she's telling us is a prime example of sleep paralysis it's something that happens it's where you wake up and you just can't move and you sort of have this panic moment but it's your brain just doesn't kick in yet and they people associate it with something being paranormal so we were i mean she was completely terrified she was like that was the most terrifying experience i've ever had in this house besides the shadow people and besides objects disappearing and moving and besides me hearing footsteps 
Um, and But we were able to kind of give her information on what sleep paralysis is. It had never happened again or prior. And it was this one moment and it was caused by, it can be caused by stress. And so we're like, you know, if it continues to happen, then see, go to a sleep therapist, like right. go to a doctor. That's a rational. Right. Right. But, yeah. Completely yes. frightened because you, if you don't know what that is, of if course. you're not clued into it, it's, it's scary, it's absolutely terrifying, and that's not paranormal. And we are, you know, we're able to help families that way too, which is good. Some creepy stuff here, guys. I mean, I can also imagine there's times when your crew gets freaked out too, though, like guys who might not believe and have never seen anything before. I mean, have there been situations where uh, someone from your team just abandoned the cameras and equipment and just bails? I mean, that's an interesting uh, interesting situation, I'm sure. But before you answer that, I want to thank another Talk is Jericho sponsor who's going to help you get the best night's sleep of your life, and you're going to need some help despite all these ghost stories and paranormal tales. You're going to need some help to get to sleep. How about uh, Bowl and Branch Sheets? All right. These are the softest, most comfortable sheets you're ever going to sleep on. So soft and comfortable that you will knock out in spite of being creeped out just before crashing. No nightmares uh, when you're using bowl and branch sheets. No ghost can compete with these bad boy sheets. I'll tell you what. And with the holidays coming, it's a great gift for anyone in your life and a great added bonus for your guest bedroom. Get some brownie points from the in-laws when they come to stay with you. Commenting, Chris, these sheets are so soft. Of course they're so soft. Mother-in-law, they're bowl and branch. They come in a uh, gift box. Another bonus. That means no gift wrapping for you. I hate gift wrapping. I'm a terrible at it anyways. And how about this? Shipping is free. Does it get any easier than that? Come on. Any more convenient? Bowl and Branch are 100% organic cotton sheets, which means they start out super soft and they just get softer over time. Plus, they last longer. And everyone who tries them loves them. Bowl and Branch have thousands of five-star reviews and even three U.S. presidents sleep on Bowl and Branch sheets. Which three? I don't know. You want to guess? Trump, maybe? Obama? Uh, Clinton? All those guys probably love the sheets. And that's why Bowl and Branch lets you sleep on for 30 nights. If the president's going to sleep on them, you can too, but you get a 30-night tryout, and if you don't love them as much as the president does, just send them back for a full refund, okay? Trust me, one night sleep in Bowling Branch sheets and you'll be hooked. You won't be able to sleep on anything else, okay? 30 nights you get to test it out, but you're not going to want to send it back, but if you do, you send it back free of charge. So right now, if you order at bowlandbranch.com and use my promo code Jericho, you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets, man. That's 50 bucks off when you order at bowlandbranch.com. Use the promo code Jericho. What are you waiting for, man? Get a perfect night's sleep now on the softest sheets on the market. Go to bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com. Use the promo code Jericho and get the best, softest, most comfortable sleep of your life. All right, paranormal investigators Amy Bruni and Adam Barry from the TLC hit TV show Kindred Spirits are here sharing some of their creepy experiences, investigations, ghosts, and other paranormal phenomena. And wait to hear what happened to them and some of their camera crew on one of this season's investigations. It's very scary stuff. But before we get back to the ghost stories, let me say a quick thank you to uh, to another one of the sponsors. Let me do this podcast for you, free for you for twice a week, and that's uh, True Car and the True Car app. You know I use True Car to buy my Cadillac Escalade 2016. It was so easy and fast. It's so easy. It was in and out of the dealership in about 90 minutes. Once again, hour and a half in and out of the dealership buying a car. When have you ever bought a car in that short of a time frame? Never. And if you're not looking for a new car, uh, you can get a, a great uh, buy a used car as well. Over a half a million pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide as well as the brand new ones. So we're looking for a new car or a used car. You can get upfront pricing information from True Car right off the bat so you can enjoy a better car buying experience. And when I say upfront pricing, I'm talking about real pricing on 
actual inventory in stock at the local TrueCar certified dealer. Using TrueCar and the TrueCar app lets you see what other people paid for the car you want so you can determine a fair price and feel confident when you buy your car. TrueCar connects you with a local certified dealer of your Schwazen who will honor your guaranteed savings, which makes your car buying process quicker and easier. And... And, as if that wasn't enough, TrueCar also shows all the dealer's available incentives before you arrive at the dealership. So TrueCar users save an average of over $3,000 of MSRP as well, and over 2 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. Okay, so you're saving money, up to $3,000. You're saving time, 90 minutes in and out. So when you're ready to buy, get rid of all the crap, cut the crap, man. Just visit TrueCar or download the TrueCar app when you're ready to buy a newer used car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience and an easier car buying experience and a cheaper car buying experience true car download the true car app do it today remember some features not available in all states kindred spirits airs friday nights at 10 eastern 9 central on tlc the season finale this friday it is terrifying uh, amy bruni and adam barry are the creators and co-hosts of the show and they do all of the paranormal investigating themselves so what do you guys call yourselves yeah mm. investigators paranormal <laughs> investigators paranormal investigator. yeah right. yeah, yeah. Um, we're like the ghost therapists. We're like the ghost Mulder and Scully. <laughs> yeah, we do get a lot of Mulder and Scully lately. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a bad cool. call. No, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I like I'll it. take that, it. Actually, especially if they just renewed the series, that's good hey, for you guys. Re- right? Real live exile. <laughs> Tell us about when you're when you're filming a show. Like, if you do an episode, does it take a week to get what you need for the episode, or are you out of there in two days? Oh no, it takes. Yeah, it's about I would say a solid five days. Mm. Um, and we do keep our cases in the New England area for the most part, just because this is where we live, and it's hard for me to get away from my family. And you know, Adam's got all his stuff mm-hmm. going on uh, with his theater company, and so. Um, but that being said, we're still there solidly for a good four or five days. And I mean, honestly, it's kind of as long as it takes. It, I right. mean, at the end of five days, if we still didn't feel like we had an answer, we'd be like, "Well, we got to stay here another day and or two." And we can do that. Yes. We, we can pull our EP power. Yes. <laughs> we need to stay an extra day. As long as the family's okay with it, you know. As long we're, as they're not sick of us by, yeah, then. by then. Are they staying in the house with you at that time? No. We Maybe. usually, they come in and out. Um, we have them investigate with us a lot because whatever's there is familiar with them more than us. And especially if it's someone they love, um, if we have the equipment there that can actually hear this ghost, if they're with us, that really is helpful. So mm-hmm. um, they'll come investigate, but most of the time we, we put them up in hotels um, and, and they're welcome to come in and out at any time. But we also, you know, sometimes, you know, like we were doing that case in Pittsburgh where we got this piece of evidence where we were uh, doing an EVP session in the woman's bedroom and we were like, you know, what's in the closet? And all of a sudden our, we get this EVP of this scream, like this blood curdling scream mm-hmm. in our recorder. And we thought, gosh, we don't even want to show this to yeah. her. She's gonna. Yeah. She was already so freaked out. So if she had been there at that time, that probably wouldn't have been great. <laughs> and right, so right, right. that's the kind of stuff we kind of keep to ourselves until we know for sure what our answers are going to be at the end. So that's why we we don't encourage them to stay. But you know, we're not going to tell somebody, you know, get out. Right. But and we the families are also like family members are also there during the daytime for us to interview them and talk to them about their experiences more than the tour. Like we do the tour with them and they tell us what's happening, but we also have a chance to sit down with them one-on-one and pick their brain. And usually this is like the day after the first investigation, the first night, or, or maybe, you know, this the third day we can ask them more questions based on things that we found. Um, we've called homeowners in the middle of cases by, by phone, in the middle of investigation by phone to find out about certain objects that are 
in a, in a play. So they're always available and we don't ever shut them out. We're very transparent about mm -hmm. what we're doing and how we're doing it so that they feel comfortable. The neighborhood feels comfortable because they still have to leave, live there when we yeah. leave. Right. And mm -hmm. um, uh, we uh, are very open about what we're doing. So when you're filming, I mean, obviously you, you guys are kind of down with it. And you know what's going on. Do you have a, a crew that's there filming with you? And I would assume that probably some of them are just guys on the clock making some yeah. cash, you know, doing their job that don't believe. Have you ever seen a crew member get freaked out oh, by yeah. some of the stuff Many you've seen? Times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's great about our show is we, we do kind of break that fourth wall. Um, you'll see our camera operators in shots a lot. We don't hide them. Right. Uh, and they have... What you're doing, you're filming. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And they have experiences. You know, we in New Hampshire, I was busy, you know, setting up a camera and my camera operator all of a sudden just went like this because something was grabbing his camera and pulling it backward and he mm -hmm. tells me like something just grabbed my camera and you know we we had a, a p an ac right. in um connecticut who hadn't had a bloody nose in years and then all of a sudden he just like randomly out of, out of nowhere just got this like gushing bloody nose during the case and it no go ahead you talked to him about it no so. it was intense and he was like it's never happened it, has, it hasn't happened in X amount of years. There was no reason for him to have it. It was the shoebox murder case. He was near the area where the murder had taken place. He was closer to that area. Um, a lot of our crew members on that case, because we thought the entity was like messing with us, um, you know, a loud bang would happen, and my, ca you know, the camera operator would just keep the camera there, but like peek out from the side mm -hmm. <laughs> to be like, uh, "Are you kidding? Are you kidding me?" Or like, they'll be like, "You know, it's right here. It's behind <laughs> yeah. us. It's um." It's intense, and they do have experiences, and most of them brush it off. Well, and try there to was get that it, one. But there was one. I don't want to say what case it is because I don't want the I don't want the neighborhood to freak out or anything. But right. there was one. There, one of the cases this season, as we were investigating, we all felt bad, and that like oh, we God, yes. felt sick in the house. We all felt like dizzy and nauseous, and wow. um, and even the 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 crew was affected mm -hmm. and all of us we would just come out and we're like i don't even want to be in there anymore yeah. like we just so. there was just something about that house the family seemed fine in there so we weren't really but there was just an ugly feeling in there and so but at the end of that case like literally mm -hmm. at the end of that case mm -hmm. um oh. i i ended up in the the er with some crazy like leg my back thrown out or whatever and then our, our camera op one of our other camera operators his back got thrown out our PA this is within three days of leaving mm -hmm. our PA had a, his appendix burst and had to get his appendix mm -hmm. removed our DP got Lyme disease our uh, Ad yeah. Adam lost his lost all his all housing, housing for his for, theater company for like the designers that were coming in for the for to tech a musical that we were opening in like a week all of that fell through completely like you lost the I, uh, they, the it, lease it was like a mis it was no it was like a misunderstanding but gotcha. I I thought it the ho the hotel was booked, and in Provincetown in the summer, if you don't book months in advance like I did, right, um, mm. you you're screwed. And so I was like literally scrambling for housing, like all of a sudden scrambling for housing. All of these things happen. All yeah. of them happened literally within three days of leaving this house. And all of us, we just I remember telling Adam like I keep getting like panic attacks in this house. Mm. There was one night I just I had to get out of there. I just had like the craziest, yeah. just overwhelming feeling of ooh, just icky. And it was, you know, again, the family was fine and I don't know what it, it, it was. I don't know if it was just whatever was there wanted us out so badly. It was just like pushing this all on us. Mm -hmm. 
but that was really That's strange. pretty terrifying when you to think about that. Like mm-hmm. this is not just you go into the house and something is falls off the, the wall. I mean, days later you're getting sick, you're having right, bad luck, like happening. cursed right. things. Yeah. yeah. That seems like you guys maybe got a little bit too close to where you were supposed to get. Yeah, it was. That was the first time that's ever happened for mm. me on a case. I don't think it was. I mean, having been there for five days, I definitely don't think it was something demonic or anything. I I think it was just an energy. I think the energy had more to do with some of the people in the family than the actual ghosts there. There was just, again, not talking about who they were or anything. Right. I just think there was just some negativity there that was not healthy (laughs) and um, And i think it kind of just seeped out into our lives because we're there for so long and i um you know it's it's a hazard again i'll say it it's a hazard of the job it's like you know uh i'm not comparing myself to anyone who does anything other than what we do but like you you go to work and you do things and you get sore or you like right sure like Mm -hmm. you know uh you 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 work late nights in a hospital and you are sleep deprived and like things can occur from that it's just a hazard of the job except our hazards are unseen (laughs) it seems well and 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 like I said, to think about some of these hazards and you're talking about sometimes there's attachments, mm-hmm. you know, you hear about that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's not, not the house that's haunted, it's the person that's haunted or whatever it may be. Yeah. Do you guys, like, like we, we didn't mention this a few times, but does it ever kind of like make you guys think like, are we doing the right thing here? Do we maybe try and get another gig or is it okay or you don't care? Or? Uh, it's hard and, and I, it's definitely not something I'll be able to do forever. It's it's not. I'm not afraid of attachments. It's more just continually exposing yourself to mm. people who've had like terrible things happen. You know, a lot of these mm. families have experienced tragedies, and it makes you very thankful for your own family and your own life. But it's it's. I would not. I mean, obviously people who deal with like law enforcement and hospital nurses and things like that, like that's a whole different level of what they see traumatically and stuff. But it's kind of similar in some respect in that you do keep seeing these terrible things over and over again. And then you start questioning like your own mortality and you know, your life and, and it's heavy sometimes. You I go think home so. yeah. and you're like, gosh, I've just been surrounded by death for the last four or five days and I just want to hug my baby and like... Right. <laughs> and I think, yeah, and I think that's why we rely on the experiences to kind of get us through because we like the experiences, like the EVPs and like, I know oddly enough, being touched or, mm-hmm. or like seeing objects move, like those things are almost like lightheartedness sure. to what we're actually dealing with. And again, these cases aren't about us. So they're, they're, it's about the families and it's about helping these families and going in and making sure that they are okay. And you have to give a part of yourself up a little bit each time that you do it. Um, and then we obviously, you know, rebuild it by yeah. like, I don't know, hanging out with each other. Well, like, we're like the most cheerful yeah. paranormal investigators. Right. People are always like, you guys are so happy. You look right. so normal. And Yeah, it could be four in the morning. We were done with the done with the investigative night. We will go back to the hotel and we will pop a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Every and time. And we will just kind of relax and talk about what was happening and talk about the case and drink wine and kind of <laughs> kind of mellow ourselves out a bit because I think yeah. you would have to though because it, like we said we're not comparing it but it would be like being uh, on the police force or working in a mm-hmm. emergency ward where there's so much negativity and so much heavy stuff mm-hmm. going on that when you get home I'm sure everybody does the same thing right you, you know have it's to. very very stressful and and you know on your mind not yeah even just physically. I, I mean just to when we were dealing with the, this family in Chelsea, you know, when she, this woman's, you know, looking at us and telling us how, you know, her brother was 
beaten to death by her other brother in the basement of their home and she can't even go into that space anymore and you know she's telling you this story mm-hmm. and you start questioning like why am i here am i doing the right thing you know mm-hmm. and that's the kind of heavy stuff you have to kind of work through because yes she's having very legitimate activity and but you don't want people to think that you're you know taking advantage of this terrible situation or whatever you know right. so there's all these moral questions that come up but when they're so thankful at the end of it and they're crying and saying you know their life has changed you're like okay this is this right. is good yeah, yeah, this is why do i'm doing right this reasons, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's why we're filming our show the way we're filming it it's very documentary based so it's like it's 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 what you see is what you get it's the case it's how we're doing it and nothing is um, nothing is like uh, added on or nothing. There's nothing. There's no, no embellishment um, flair to it. Yeah, right. right. It is like this is what it is. And it has to be this way because we are taking these people's lives into our own hands. Last few uh, questions. This is the million dollar question, but I have to ask in your opinions, what what are ghosts? What are these things? And. Oh God! I I mean, the more I do this, I always say, the less, less I know. I, know. Yeah. I mean, it, it really. I do think it's something energy based. I think it. I don't know that in this lifetime I will know the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that one day it will be explained by like quantum physics or something. Yeah. But uh, I I do think it's energy based in some way, just because I I see how often these things kind of interfere with our equipment and and how they interact with our equipment. And so that's that's the best I can come up with. I, some people want to put more of like a religious leaning on it and, and think about life after death and all that. And I do think there's something to it, but I don't know that it's necessarily a religion more than something that's naturally occurring. So, yeah. mm-hmm. like some 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 energy stays behind for certain people when yeah. they pass away. Yeah, yeah, I think our consciousness somehow. Yeah, we're all made up of the same thing. This table is made of the same thing we're made up of. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't our energy be constantly moving in between the things that surround us? And I think people feed off of that energy. And I think when you die, I don't think that energy dissipates. I feel like it goes into something else. People, some people maybe call it reincarnation. Maybe that's what it is. But it's. Uh, we are getting information that these people had previous lives, though. We're getting names. We are getting information that no one would be able to know otherwise, like that we can verify through history and research. So, you know, this energy must have been a person at one point, mm-hmm. I assume, because they've, they're talking to us. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of, you know, some people, um, uh, oddly, to talk about the weird things you know some people maybe think they're invisible time travelers from another dimension <laughs> or the interdimensional like they I've are heard the dimension mm-hmm. they're us yeah. they're us but they are in a different time period or they're aliens who are just observing our own world or you know it um it could be a ton of different things and hopefully i mean i would at least like to get 20 percent further <laughs> to know, know. before we become this energy yeah you know? i mean it's amazing how many people think they know exactly what it is we hear from them every day after yeah. the episode airs they're like it's a demon that's a demon <laughs> we get Anything that all the time to is the devil yeah, yeah. we get okay. you know there are Fine. people who are just very set in what they think it is and i think that in order to properly research it you have to always have that kind of open mind i agree yeah you know so. it blows my mind and i've said this before how people who just completely don't believe in it at all and won't even consider it it's very arrogant mm-hmm. it'd be like you know to think there's no life after death or energy or, or you there's know, no life on other life planets. on other planets or life under the water or yeah. life in the forest or whatever it may be just to say like nope 
when you die, that's it. I just find that to be very, uh, very short-sighted and very arrogant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you have to have an open mind to mm-hmm. what's going on, not just for these supernatural things, but just in life in general. Yeah, for sure. Because there's always things that you don't expect that happen. If you're paying attention, you'll pick it up a lot quicker, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, last question. Uh, what is your favorite episode of, of Kindred Spirits so far? Oh, God. Uh, I mean... I love all our families. I love. I feel like we keep in touch with all of them. Um, I would say probably the most fascinating one for me. It's, it's a toss up between Chelsea, Mm, and the season finale, um, which hasn't aired yet. But it's talk about Chelsea. Chelsea is the one where it was the woman whose whose brother died in the basement, and she. um, There's. It was just a very close knit family. And just as their stories kind of came out. And then we found out some really interesting history about the Chelsea fire that happened nearby. And her younger, her granddaughter had seen an an apparition of a man dressed in like period clothing that just didn't fit any of the other ghosts. But we were able to verify this other crazy Mm -hmm. piece of history Mm -hmm. that happened. And, um, and then just helping them. They, I just felt like, I felt like she really needed us, you know, even just after at the end of everything, just getting that hug from her and seeing her actually get to go in her basement again, which she hadn't done in years mm-hmm. and to talk to her brother. Um, it was just heart wrenching. So that one and is the brother gone now. Yeah. He, uh, oh, I don't know if he's gone. I haven't heard from them. Um, I know it's not as he was just, I think he was very mischievous and I don't think she wanted to assume it was him. And, and she didn't know how to apologize because she left. They went on vacation and she left him in charge of the house. He wanted to stay behind and be in charge. And like Adam was saying, he had the mental capability of like a 12 year old. And so he felt like the house was his, but then her other brother was a drug addict and he broke in while they were on vacation and, mm-hmm. you know, Killed beat him. him to death. And it was, it was an awful, awful wow. murder. Yeah. Is that the matchbox yeah. guy? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so she just, never grappled with that guilt and so once she was able to hear him playing like he used to she knew he was okay and it was just and she's very religious too and it's not often we get called in by people Mm -hmm. who are super religious Mm -hmm. um but it was just this weight off her mind so that would probably be my favorite and then the the season you know i agree Mm -hmm. i mean i think all of our cases all of our cases are completely unexpected obviously we show up we don't know what we're going to get and i think they're fascinating what we find out i think um, the case with Megan and her grandmother, I think that is to I, to me it's 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 what it's all about because she a had no idea uh, that it was going to be her grandmother. Neither did we. Um, she thought it was the um, the previous homeowner who committed suicide, and she was terrified of that. But to get that acknowledgement that it is her grandmother, that her grandmother appreciates the things that she does for her grandmother, even though she's passed, like she would clean up the grave. Right, right. She would do, she had all of her grandmother's objects, which we got an EVP that said, I made them, (laughs) you know, up on the wall. And she was very dedicated to the memory of her grandmother and she loved her grandmother and her father like obviously loved his mother. And like this family was so tight knit and just to have um, that grandmother come through and kind of acknowledge the work that the family's continuing to do and that it's it's going to ha- keep going through generations um, was exactly why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. It's a great show and it's a great team, the modern day Scully and Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> Amy like and Adam, <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you. 
Kindred Spirits is a must-watch TV show on the TLC uh, channel every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central. The season finale is this Friday. Check it out. Amy Bruni, Adam Berry, helping real-life families who are being tormented by paranormal activity in their homes. And if you're a little late to, uh, if you haven't seen the show yet, you can watch all the episodes at TLC.com or on the TLC Go app. Watch the season finale this week and then go back and watch all the rest of them. Catch up uh, and you will be hooked and you will be scared, as you heard. But uh, don't worry, Amy and Adam got your back. Uh, so speaking of got your back, you know, uh, you know, I do. You know, uh, you know, Chris has got your back. You know, TIJ's got your back. You want to hear more paranormal tales and stories? Then check out the latest addition to the Jericho Network. Beyond the Darkness. That's right. Premiering Monday, December 19th. Dave Schrader and Tim Dennis of Darkness Radio uh, discuss all things paranormal. Joining the Jericho Network, our first paranormal show, and what a, what a pair of experts we got. They're expert researchers. They'll talk to ghost hunters, regular people who've experienced the unknown, all things, uh, cryptozoology, Sasquatch, Shadow Man, so much uh, that we've talked about. Dave's taken part in hundreds of investigations, and Tim's experiences date back to his childhood when he was visited by dead relatives I know you guys are going to love this one. We're going to kick off the Beyond the Darkness show with Beyond the Darkness. is going to be right here on Talk is Jericho. We're going to talk to Dave and Tim the week of uh, of the premiere, Monday, December 19th. Uh, Friday, I believe, Friday, December 16th, you are going to hear from Dave Schrader and Tim Dennis when Beyond the Darkness joins the Jericho Network. December 19th, it is going to be terrifying. So there you go. You can actually now be entertained all week long on the Jericho Network at Podcast One because we've got the hilarious Team Tiger Awesome show every Sunday morning. Then Monday, Monday is going to be Beyond the Darkness, featuring all kinds of fascinating interviews, discussions, and experiences related to paranormal occurrences. It's going to scare the crap out of you. Then a Tuesday, smart wrestling discussion and analysis with Killing the Town, Storm and Cyrus. Then you got Keeping It 100 with Conan and his crew, KG, Disco Inferno on Thursdays. Uh, all of that on the Jericho Network. And of course, Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday. Who's got your whole week wrapped up now, man? You're going to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, leave uh, everyone on the Jericho Network five-star rating review. And a one big last thank you for listening and thank you for supporting all the Talk is Jericho sponsors. I couldn't do this show without them or all of you, and that includes the OG sponsor Amazon. You can find my Amazon links at podcastone.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got Amazon links for the USA, UK, Canada, A, and every time you use the Talk is Jericho Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage of the show to help us cover production costs. You can buy anything you want on Amazon. Just go to podcastone.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. No extra fees or hidden charges. Take a picture of what you buy, post it at Talk is Jericho on the Twitter. I will follow and I will uh, retweet it as well. You can also find all my great sponsors uh, at the Killer Deals area on PodcastOne.com, including ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get the Max Pack or the Combo Pack and get a second for 50% off. Omaha Steaks. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Enter my promo code Jericho in the search bar to get the Family Gift Pack for $49.99. How tasty is that? Don't forget DraftKings. Use my promo code Y2J to play for free this weekend with the uh, UFC pay-per-views. And Bowl and Branch. Go to BowlandBranch.com. Use my promo code Jericho to say 50 bucks off your first set of sheets and you got 30 days to return if you don't like them uh, you're gonna like them and you're also gonna like it on March 15th 2017 94 days from now when Mick Foley joins Talk is Jericho makes his debut for the biggest podcast ever that's gonna be on March 15th the countdown is on I thank you for listening and keep listening for the 60 second AP news headlines coming up next and coming up this Friday Sean Waltman, X-Pac, makes his Talk is Jericho debut, and he is as honest as they come. A uh, straight shooter, one of my favorite people in the business. He's going to be here. Sean Waltman, X-Pac, Six-Pac, he's going to be here on Friday, so we will see you then. In the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah boy! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. 
That's podcastone.com. Talk is Jericho. So tell us about some of the scary uh, episodes and some of the situations that you've had uh, so far this season. Oh, gosh. <laughs> absolutely nuts. Well, we started with um, we started with Catherine Gleason, who lived alone in, a w- in the woods, 35 acres, frightened for over a decade. And we were able to figure out that it, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. um, we were able to figure out that, you know, there were a couple of entities in the house, and one of which uh, was a little girl, and she used to keep them in the back room and not open that door and say you have to stay here so imagine telling a real three-year-old girl that for for 10 years so so, so the lady who lived in the house mm-hmm. told the ghost to stay mm-hmm. in there yeah because she was so afraid of it but once we were able to kind of pinpoint that's what was happening and who it was she you know went in that room and said I'm, I'm sorry i don't mean to treat you like this and you know we've gotten word from her that everything is going well and everything is how do you find this stuff out like for, first <laughs> of all for, for a decade of of being terrorized mm-hmm. i mean she hasn't said anything to anybody or or nobody cares or they think she's nuts or, or she did i think for her what happened was and what we have found in a few cases is she had kids and as they grew up they um they moved out and then that's when she really started noticing things because you know when you know when kids are in the house it's just like a blur there's noise and stuff and you're easily gonna miss that your house could be haunted but then when she, when they left she noticed these things happening and so that's why she kind of put up with it for the last ten years or so and then she talked to her kids and they said oh you didn't notice all this going on so mm. but yeah I mean that it's it's intense research that's how we come up with you know who it could be I mean in that case we found out there had been a sawmill right next to her property and that a three-year-old girl had died, had been sawed in half in a terrible accident in the Mm -hmm. 40s. And Mm -hmm. it was very traumatic for her to find out, you know, I'm a mom of a, you know, she's now four, but at the time she was three. And I just, that story just did not sit well with me for the longest time. And, and that's happened so many times where we go into these homes and they expect it to be this loved one. And then we find out it's somebody completely different. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a case in Connecticut where, this family, they were being scratched. They were, you know, um, they were having things broken on a regular basis. I mean, this was kind of almost a violent haunting. We found out before there was a man who had rented the house who was a, a, like a raging alcoholic and all the neighbors knew about him and he died in the house. And we got these EVPs that were like, I need quiet, you know, trying mm-hmm. to freak us out. And mm-hmm. he just, he wanted his house back and they kept, you know, doing all these changes to it and stuff. And so these are the things we're finding out. And it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, she, she, uh, yes. And we also found out there was an unsolved murder that was 130 years to yes. the date that we were at the house that happened up the hill from the property. Like, I'm sorry, what? And mm. people in the area have similar activity based on this entity that is connected to this unsolved murder that was happening 130 years ago to the day we are in the house. Right. Mm-hmm. right it's insane. Right, right. Yeah. And you can't plan it. You literally can't plan it because we uncover all of the stuff. And the thing is, like when we investigate that first night, we might not get a lot of activity. So we go, what do we do? So we go to historical societies. We go to the library. We go to the deeds office. We look at, um, we, we uncover every possible thing that we can use in our investigation to give us, to put us in that right direction of who's actually there. And then then we keep piling it on and piling it on. And then, you know, by the fifth day, we have this awesome, like, 
private eye investigation of a ghost and we figured it out like and hopefully given them answers so then are you going in there with this information are you having personal encounters with with the with the entities that are in there Oh, we do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we always start with what the family's experiencing. They tell us what has happened to them, and we go in and investigate right away and see what happens to us, you know, see what kind of evidence we mm-hmm. can gather. And then using what they've told us and what evidence we've gathered, we wake up first thing the next day and start researching and see what other paths we can go down. And so it's, it is super intense. And, and, you know, sometimes these entities are like, you know, they're not into us being there at all. And so they're trying to scare us off. Sometimes they want to talk to us because we always have the family introduce us to them. As soon as we get there, mm-hmm. we have them sit down and say, this is Amy and Adam, and this is why they're here. If you want to talk, they're friends of mine. And so it kind of opens up this line of communication. So if it is somebody that they're familiar with, things will start happening with us almost immediately. So yeah, we've had lots of What kind of stuff is happening? You know, the the one in Connecticut we were talking about before with the the shoebox murder is what we found Mm. out happened on their property. We got there and literally as soon as I went downstairs to set up the cameras, I was all by myself and something just started whispering in my ear. I mean, and there's, it's very disconcerting when you hear what sounds like a human voice coming from a place where like a mouth would be, but there's mm-hmm. nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that was just almost immediate. And, um, you know, we've, we've had other instances like that where they just, I'm trying to think of, um, well, they, what's an- another big moment they, for they us. They do things to like get our attention. They like bang on things mm-hmm. that are right in front of you. They, oh, that's right. they, once we know, for instance, like if we're trying, there was a case that we did, um, in uh, outside of Boston, and we needed to know um, things about this person that had passed, that was murdered in the basement of this house. And so, you know, the homeowner informed us that her brother, who was murdered, um, liked matchbox cars and liked dollar bills. He could only he um, he had a handicap, and he only could count in dollars. And, and so, we would use those to interact with them. So we put up these dollars on the side and we put up these matchbox cars and we get EVPs, you know, from the voice recorder that it sounds like whoosh, and it sounds like an adult male wow. playing with matchbox cars and the dollars that we set up fall over and like get pushed down like somebody put their hand flat on top of the dollar. And you're seeing this. And we see, we catch it. On our it. camera, yeah. We catch it. And that to us tells us that we are speaking with this person because A, um, it, it is exactly what um, the trait, the character traits that the per- individual had. Um, the homeowner identifies the voice and says, oh my God, that sounds just like my brother. And, you know, we are using things that would trigger a reaction. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I think those are the most interesting things mm-hmm. to us because we don't expect that. We are using everything we possibly can. And right. for this to happen, it... Um, it literally, bl- I mean, blows my, I'm blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, we had no idea. When that EVP came through, of what sounded like an adult playing with cars, we didn't understand mm-hmm. it. We were like, what does this mean? You know, and, and we played it for the client, and she instantly said, you know, that's Eric, that's my brother. That's she knew immediately, mm-hmm. and those were like the exact sounds he made, and we had no way of knowing that. And so when you get that crazy confirmation, it's you know we still get goosebumps That's when that incredible. happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. Now just explain that we we talked about this quite a few times with, with a lot of my paranormal guests. But the EVP is the electronic voice projection phenomenon. Phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is not something that you're hearing 
when you go in the house. You're recording and then you go back and listen to it afterwards. Well, we do it real time. So we will record, you know, for a couple minutes and ask some questions. Then we listen right there because we have a recorder that it only records if it hears something. So it's a lot quicker for us to actually play it back. Mm -hmm. And so we'll talk to something and then get an answer a couple minutes later and just keep going and based on what they tell us. So we can have a full conversation with a ghost. And and that's what, um, you know, the, the recorder we have, it's, it's this crazy recorder from like the 90s mm-hmm. that they don't make anymore. We have to yeah. find it on eBay. We and paid a lot of money. I, <laughs> yeah, and, and, but it gets results. And um, it, it's amazing what we hear with this thing. And so, yeah, it's it's we do immediate playback. So it's almost like, you know, if you have a, a voice app on your phone and you're sending voice messages and you wait until you hear the boop and you go check out your voicemail, that's what you're basically doing. Yep. Mm-hmm. But with this old, you know, mm-hmm. this old machine that you mentioned. Yep. Why is it not something that you can hear via human ear? It can only be recorded on this on this box. There's a lot of theories about that. I mean, yeah. EVP has been around for so long. People noticed it, you know, doing you know, recordings, gosh, back in like the 60s. And they would play things back and there would be kind of voices that weren't there originally. Um, and so we, we don't know why. We don't know if it's just like one of those kind of infrasound things where we don't hear it with our ear. You know, like maybe like your, dog. your dog yeah. hears something mm-hmm. and that certain recorders pick it up better than others or, or what. I mean, there's a lot of people who are a lot more technologically advanced than we are that might have been. <laughs> Yeah. ideas but we just know we i mean we just run with it because it works, it works. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 i mean especially you know it works when it's giving you names that you have already like you haven't researched yet and then the names come up as like the previous homeowner there was a c- case in was it connecticut again where we were looking oh, gosh, yes. we were looking for um we kept looking for their family and looking for their family we we're getting nothing getting nothing getting nothing and so amy started rattling off previous homeowners um, I was like, you know, wh- who are you? And we get an EVP that says Kotek, which was his last name. And then um, it's like, are you Mr. Kotek? Yes. And like this, this guy was from Poland. He didn't speak any English. And so that's why he wasn't interacting with us. So we, what do we do? Find a Polish translator yeah. at a Polish diner. We wow. literally, we had our producers. They they were, you know, we said we need a translator because this guy was Polish. And he mm-hmm. did, I spoke with his brother and he said he didn't, or his son, he didn't speak any English. And so I said, well, I need a translator. And right. our producers were trying to find a translator. And I'm like, look, Little Poland is down the street. There's a neighborhood called Little Poland. Yep. Somebody down there speaks Polish. Nope. And so our producer literally just walked into a restaurant <laughs> and was like, I need someone who speaks Polish. Yeah. And the owner's owner. wife. Yeah, came down. She She was amazing. Did you tell her what you're doing? Oh yeah, Yeah, she she was was totally into it, it. and she also worked for the town, so she knew all about the Polish immigrants that from this time period could give us backstory on like who they might have been and why they why he might have been there. Mm -hmm. Um, She knew the company he worked for, and we found out where he worked. He said where he worked in an EVP. We said where do you work, and he said Atlantic Tool, which was the company he worked for. And then she told us that nobody spoke English there; they only spoke Polish. Wow! And so of course he could work. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, crazy. it's insane things like that. Like, you know, it's happening and you know, it's working because we didn't know any of this information sure. and it's coming and it, there it is. And it's it's completely bizarre. And it's why we do it. I mean, we do it to help the families. Clearly, it's not about us. But it, there is this like adrenaline rush that you get when you're on that right path mm-hmm. to like the, the truth. 
So what is it about Connecticut and New England? There always seems to be so much paranormal activity in that area. Uh, I mean, we talked about it a little earlier in the show, but I want to go back to it. Like, what's what's up with this area? Why is it so uh, haunted, so to speak? But first, I want to talk to all the talkers, Jericho listeners, how they can win themselves a little extra holiday cash. Who doesn't want some extra holiday cash? I know I do. You know how you can get it? Go play some fantasy MMA this weekend at DraftKings.com. I know you guys love MMA, a huge uh, segment of, of the show, or big MMA fans. You know about the fighters. You know their strengths, their weaknesses etc etc put that knowledge to work for you make some cash go play fantasy mma at draftkings.com and if you use my promo code y2j you can play for free with your first deposit and playing fantasy mma at draftkings is easy it's so easy like really easy all you gotta do is pick six fighters stand the salary cap and rack up points based on how your team of fighters performs you get points for significant strikes takedowns submissions knockdowns and all those points can lead you right to an instant cash payola this week and a big payday this weekend. Go toe-to-toe with the competition and win. Make some money. Make the money and never give it up. As if watching MMA wasn't already exciting enough, take it to a whole nother level with DraftKings.com. So get to DraftKings now to choose your fighters and you can win some serious cash this Saturday night. Don't forget, use my promo code Y2J to play for free with your first deposit as promo code Y2J to play for free for your shot at huge cash prizes only at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See website for details. You want to play fantasy MMA? Play with the Kings. Play DraftKings.com. Promo code Y2J and get ready for this weekend. What is it about Connecticut, New England area? We mentioned it earlier. <laughs> There's so much activity around here. I, I even did a, a pilot I might have told you about yeah. the Bridgewater Triangle, mm-hmm. which is just down yeah. the road. But there's so much action up around this area. Any ideas? I just think it's the history. I think mm-hmm. it's been, you know, it's one of the oldest parts of the country. And so much has happened here. And there's just, some, I mean, there's just something about New England. I mean, like I've said before to paranormal investigators, like England, New England is like what Hollywood is to actors. Like we, I lived in California and I moved yeah. here for the ghost. Right. And, <laughs> right. you know, I think between this and the South, like you get to New Orleans and stuff and kind of the same thing. It's mm-hmm. very, very haunted. But I think mm-hmm. those are probably the most haunted areas of the country. Yeah. So tell us some more about, about what you've experienced on Kindred Spirits because you mentioned before that the initial idea was to talk to families that thought they had uh, re- relatives but we've heard some other ones like with the shoebox murders and all this that there are other people mm-hmm. tell us some about where there actually was their family members um, the, the um, <clears throat> well there was the case that we did in I mean we did Oh, so many we traveled so many with the one with chip but i feel like she yeah. her grandmother um passed away in the house and she did not speak to her grandmother for how long was it like 10 years it was just they were it was this very he really learned a lot about family dynamics doing this but they had she and her grandmother were super close like her grandmother practically raised her and they had a falling out very random mm-hmm. and they hadn't spoken in like years mm-hmm. 10 years or something and but she never understood why. And so then she ended up buying the house that her grandmother had died in because her family kind of talked her into it. Right. But then all this crazy stuff started happening. Her master bedroom was where her grandmother died. Yeah. And so she's like, is my grandmother here? And is she causing these problems? And we, you know, we were able to determine that she would, you know, was there, but it's, but she wasn't like trying to do anything. Like she wasn't trying to like hurt her family. You mm-hmm. know, she didn't ca- I mean, it was from Chip's point of view. I think he said, um, she uh, uh, she doesn't care. I mean, that, like what past is past, and like she's she's passed away, and that let's move on from this kind of like 
situation. And it, it's not, you know, these are the kind of things where they, they bring out photos again. You know, these are people that they were so estranged from, but now she, you know, she actually hung up some of her grandmother's belongings in the house again and, you know, acknowledged that she was there. And then the activity really slows down for them. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes it's just as simple as kind of mending those fences and things, you know, we don't, we don't cross people over. People always ask us, why don't you, you know, send them to the light or... Because we've done not we haven't done that, but we've been around it many times, and then we've come back, you know, weeks, months, you know, years later, and that ghost is still there, and so we don't ever see that working. But what we have seen work time and time again is getting their message across, finding out why they're still lingering, and kind of giving them those answers. And the next thing you know, the activity either goes away or really slows down. So I think there's something more to kind of figuring out the mystery as to why they're mm-hmm. there than actually just saying no, move on, everything's fine, mm-hmm. you know. So. I mean, I think the episode that's coming up is a, is a prime example of families thinking that it is a family member. And, you know, maybe it is, but which family member is the surprise? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to give too much away, but it's um, and that they weren't even that wasn't even on their radar. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't on anyone's radar. And because of the activity leading us to a certain, you know, outcome like this activity gave us clues which led us to a certain person. Right, right, and right. so it's like, uh, you know, I, I think I think really you can have an idea of who is there based on what's happening sometimes, but sometimes you have no mm-hmm. idea. Most of the time mm-hmm. you have no idea. Most of the time you get And, and what did you mean when you said you're not crossing them over? Well, uh, many people theorize that these ghosts are stuck and that they need to be told they mm-hmm. can move on or, or maybe bring in, you know, clergy or whatever and, and pass them over, cross them to the light. You know, people say that a lot. Send them to the light. They need to be... But do you have the power to do that? Well, I don't believe so right. because I've seen it so many times where people claim to do it. Maybe people bring in psychics and mediums and we obviously have nothing against psychics and mediums because mm-hmm. we use them, but I don't really believe in that theory just because I've seen it not work in too many instances. And the last thing I want to do is give these ghosts some false hope, you know. Um, so it's a lot more work to find out why they're here, and that's what we do. And I think, though, that has proven results for these people mm-hmm. uh, versus just telling them to leave. You know, we come in and say, hey, we get it. You know, you have this message for so-and-so or, you know, you just want to be here with your family or, you know, oh, you're not their family, but you're here because of this. Whatever the case may be, once they get that recognition so many times, the activity just really boils down or, or stops completely. Mm-hmm. So that's that to me is proven versus just crossing something right. over blindly, right. you know? So you're like basically saying once you kind of address whatever their problem is, mm-hmm. then they go away. Yeah. Right. You've been calling me, you know, you've been saying grandmother's been moving glasses again and I'm not your grandmother. I'm the guy who owned the property 200 years ago. Yeah. So now that I've been acknowledged and now that you know that, I'm going to like let you chill out for a minute. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the woman who, there was one woman who was convinced that the ghost in her house was the former owner who had committed suicide upstairs Mm -hmm. in, in, in the upstairs bedroom. Right. Come to find out, no, this woman had brought, you know, a lot of belongings from her grandmother with her into the house. And these were things her grandmother was very attached to that mm-hmm. she'd actually made herself these like clay uh, pottery, pottery yeah. things. And 
And her grandmother was there watching over her. And she remembered that this woman, you know, this girl, she would go back to her grandmother's grave regularly and clean it up. And she was the only one in the family doing it. Go back, clean it up. And her grandmother brought that up as we were investigating that she saw her doing that, you know. And so this was a shock to her because she thought it was something completely different. Mm -hmm. But no, it was a loved one. And so her too, things have kind of died down a bit since she's, you know, let her know, oh, you know, I know, I think they called her Nana. You know, Nana, Nana, I know you're here and she talks to her and things and you know it's just not been as extreme and I think that case was surprising for us too because we were not only were we able to help the person actually living in the house but we were able to help the daughter of the person that committed suicide because we had to get in contact we wanted to know more about the person who you know died in the house and so we got in contact with the daughter the daughter came over we assured her that we weren't doing anything malicious like we weren't making fun of the in the person that died and we be being being very respectful and i think that was great closure for that person because they literally just up and left the house and never came back there were still tons of their things were in the basement and so she came over and got everything out Mm -hmm. because i think that woman she had like four or five kids and Mm -hmm. just it was very unexpected she was very well loved in the community and so this happened and literally the family like Adam said just left right and, and all of this stuff was in the basement yeah and they had um, one of those like um, height charts from when they were growing up and so we had a, uh, Amy had a contractor friend of hers come in and take out the oh. thing mm-hmm. and put a new one and give it to her because you know it's things that yeah you can't ever replace and I think that was the, we were able to really help two different families in one case and we never knew that was going to be happening it's interesting to me because I remember this from last time when we spoke Amy that this happens to you guys so much. It's part of your job. It's like, you know, when you're seeing these things, it's like, oh, yeah, then grandma was there and we moved this over here and did this. This. Do you ever get scared? Has anything ever scared you recently? You know, or is it now just kind of par for the course and you know things are going to go bump next to you or people are going to be whispering in your ear? Does it still creep you out at all? Uh, sometimes. I mean, I think we got creeped out. There was a. We, we got an EVP like two or three times over the course of the season. <laughs> yeah. It was the same voice just randomly. I don't even know that we played it on the show. I, I don't think I, uh, it, I don't think we do um, just cause it didn't have to do with the case, but we kept getting this EVP with the same voice. It says, Amy Adam. <laughs> yeah. Same voice, same voice. It, it just wow and no matter what house you're in no matter what and so we no know what. this thing whatever it is i don't know that it's like i don't ever have anything weird happen in my house so i don't know that yeah, it's like either. you know haunting us or if it just kind of pops in and i don't know what it is or if it's hitchhiking with us it's like coming very to, strange but it's the same voice and so we sit there and we're trying to reach you know uncle joe and all of a sudden this thing comes through again and we're like oh god there's that thing there's that thing again <laughs> and so then we have to address it and we have to you know kind of figure out what that is. I mean, maybe season two, we'll figure it out. But <laughs> I know. Like, it's kind of creepy though when it's saying your names. Yeah, over yeah. and over again. And it's very, I mean, I have no idea who it is, why they're, I mean, we're both very strong people. We mm-hmm. don't really, we're not worried about having like attachments or, you know, negative things latching onto us or bringing no. things home or anything like that. But we notice it and we're like, oh, I wonder who that is. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I think it's different. Like we've had things that say like, you know, hey, Adam, or like, hey, Amy, like when it gets, when it learns your name, it talks to you and it's done that before. But this particular thing, just saying our names in sequence and it being with us in the first case, and then there was another case, and then there was a the case in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a couple of times that it just, 
I don't know what its purpose is. And that to me is a little, it's a little off-putting, but not necessarily frightening. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, all right, now, should we give our attention to this person? And if we don't, will the activity increase? I mean, only time will tell. Will it stop? Will it stop or will they just get more frustrated and try to reach out more? Because it seems like a lot of these, um, a lot of what you're dealing with are not malvant spirits. They're just, you know, maybe lost in the wrong place or just want some attention. Has there been times when, when like you, you've had to go to cases where people are terrified over the stuff that's going on? Many, many oh, yeah, of these people. Like ghost hunters at all? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a lot. I mean, I'm, many of these people, they, it's stuff that we see every day. So we're kind of not jaded, but we're used to sure. it. Sure. Oh, the table levitated. Fun. Yeah. No big deal. Right. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. For you guys, yeah. it's no big deal. But yeah, for but me, I'd be will, flipping if out. If somebody right. knocked on this wall, they people would be like, oh my God. I'm like, you guys, come down. It's just well, a sure, knock. But, but it, right. it's just like, you know, uh, getting <laughs> suplexed off the top rope. It's like, exactly. that must kill you. And it's like, well, it really doesn't. It's just kind of what right. you do. Yeah, but if you suplex me, I'm done. Right. And if I go on a, if I go on an excursion with you guys and someone whispers in my ear, I'll see you outside <laughs> 50 feet away yeah, goodbye right so so yes. w- w- there are terrifying you know people are terrified by some of these things like t- tell us what so like what's the scariest uh, experience that you've ever seen somebody have or you've experienced yourself well i think anytime we have kids involved that's when it really kind of ups the ante for us like, live kids live or kids. ghost kids um you know when anybody has children that are being freaked out it just kind of makes it more intense for us especially me as a mom like you know, we, we did a case in New Britain, Connecticut, where these people were living in this kind of tenement house and they owned the whole thing and grandma lived on the bottom floor mm-hmm. and then one woman and her boyfriend and son lived on the second and then her other daughter lived on the top floor. And uh, it was her granddaughter, I think, I can't remember. But um, there was a little boy up there and he every night he would wake up and he kept seeing these crazy shadows in his room. And he, he told me, he was like, the monsters never go away. And he was genuinely freaked out. And when you have this little boy looking at you and you don't want to like say, oh, it's a ghost. You know, you don't want to put that idea in their head. But when you have a child that's seeing shadows in their room every night and totally terrified, like that just kind of makes things a little more intense. The expression on a parent's face telling you these stories is like nothing you'll ever see because they are genuinely concerned for their child. Sure. And it's not necessarily, they're like, I can handle it. I'm going to handle it because I have to. But my kid, like my kid isn't innocent here. So what, what's happening? And I think that is, that's probably the most terrifying I've ever seen a, a homeowner. Yeah. It's when there's kids, you know, even that we did, we did a case in Pittsburgh where this woman, her, her son kept waking up and hearing something breathing over him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, she, again, she was really great in the fact, and we always tell parents, you know, don't say the G word, don't say ghost, you know, don't act like it's a big deal. Just wait and see if they're really freaked out. But he what like he would come into their room and, you know, climb into bed with mom and dad because something kept like breathing in his ear while he was trying to sleep. And mm-hmm. that, that helpless look in a parent's eyes, you know, because as a parent, as you know, you know, you want to be there for your kids and have all the answers but in that case they don't and mm-hmm. it's 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 hard to see but it's great because we can come in and almost instantly go okay let's you know take it down a notch everything's going to be fine we're going to take care of it but they'll live with this for years before they see say anything because they are they're embarrassed or they're scared scared that people think they're crazy yeah right? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think other things that people experience um like can be explained naturally like there we there was a lady who um said that she woke up 
and couldn't move and felt like somebody was like sitting on her chest and you hear that quite her. a bit right and like something was hovering over her but she didn't see anything but she just felt it and she couldn't move and she was having a panic attack by it from it and really all of those things that she's telling us is a prime example of sleep paralysis it's something that happens it's where you wake up and you just can't move and you sort of have this panic moment but it's your brain just doesn't kick in yet and they and people associate it with something being paranormal so we were i mean she was completely terrified she was like that was the most terrifying experience i've ever had in this house besides the shadow people and besides objects disappearing and moving and besides me hearing footsteps um and but we were able to kind of give her information on what sleep paralysis is it had never happened again or prior and it was this one moment and it was caused by it can be caused by stress and so we're like you know if it continues to happen then see go to a sleep therapist like right. go to a doctor that's a rational right right but, yeah completely frightened because you if you don't know what that is of if course. you're not clued into it it's scary it's absolutely terrifying and that's not paranormal and we're you know we're able to help families that way too which is good some creepy stuff here guys i mean i can also imagine there's times when your crew gets freaked out too though like guys who might not believe and have never seen anything before i mean have there been situations where uh, someone from your team just abandoned the cameras and equipment and just bails i mean that's a interesting uh, interesting situation i'm sure but before you answer that i want to thank another talk is jericho sponsor who's going to help you get the best night's sleep of your life and you're going to need some help despite all these ghost stories and paranormal tales you're going to need some help to get some sleep how about uh, bowl and branch sheets all right. These are the softest, most comfortable sheets you're ever going to sleep on. So soft and comfortable that you will knock out in spite of being creeped out just before crashing. No nightmares uh, when you're using bowl and branch sheets. No ghost can compete with these bad boy sheets. I'll tell you what. And with the holidays coming, it's a great gift for anyone in your life and a great added bonus for your guest bedroom. Get some brownie points from the in-laws when they come to stay with you. Commenting, Chris, these sheets are so soft. Of course they're so soft. Mother-in-law, they're bowl and branch. They come in a uh, gift box, another bonus. That means no gift wrapping for you. I hate gift wrapping. I'm a terrible at it anyways. And how about this? Shipping is free. Does it get any easier than that? Come on. Any more convenient? Bowl and Branch are 100% organic cotton sheets, which means they start out super soft and they just get softer over time. Plus, they last longer. And everyone who tries them loves them. Bowl and Branch have thousands of five-star reviews and even three U.S. presidents sleep on Bowl and Branch sheets. Which three? I don't know. You want to guess? Trump, maybe? Obama? Uh, Clinton? All those guys probably love the sheets. And that's why Bowling Branch lets you sleep on them for 30 nights. If the president's going to sleep on them, you can too. But you get a 30-night tryout. And if you don't love them as much as the president does, just send them back for a full refund, okay? Trust me, one night sleep in Bowling Branch sheets and you'll be hooked. You won't be able to sleep on anything else, okay? 30 nights you get to test it out, but you're not going to want to send them back. But if you do, you send them back free of charge. So right now. If you order at BowlingBranch.com and use my promo code Jericho, you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets, man. That's 50 bucks off when you order at BowlingBranch.com. Use the promo code Jericho. What are you waiting for, man? Get a perfect night's sleep now on the softest sheets on the market. Go to BowlingBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Use the promo code Jericho and get the best, softest, most comfortable sleep of your life. All right, paranormal investigators Amy Bruni and Adam Barry from the TLC hit TV show Kindred Spirits are here sharing some of their creepy experiences, investigations, ghosts, and other paranormal phenomena. And wait to hear what happened to them and some of their camera crew on one of this season's investigations. It's very scary stuff. But before we get back to the ghost stories, let me say a quick thank you to uh, to another one of the sponsors. Let me do this podcast for free for you for twice a week, and that's uh, True Car and the True Car app. You know I use True Car to buy my Cadillac Escalade 2016. It was so easy and fast. It's so easy. 
It was in and out of the dealership in about 90 minutes. Once again, hour and a half in and out of the dealership buying a car. When have you ever bought a car in that short of a time frame? Never. And if you're not looking for a new car, uh, you can get a, a great uh, uh, buy a used car as well. Over half a million pre-owned vehicles available from True Car Certified Dealers Nationwide as well as the brand new ones. So we're looking for a new car or a used car. You can get upfront pricing information from True Car right off the bat so you can enjoy a better car buying experience. And when I say upfront pricing, I'm talking about real pricing on actual inventory in stock at the local True Car Certified Dealer. Using True Car and the True Car app lets you see what other people paid for the car you want so you can determine a fair price and feel confident when you buy your car. True Car connects you with a local certified dealer of your Schwazen who will honor your guaranteed savings, which makes your car buying process quicker and easier. And... And, as if that wasn't enough, TrueCar also shows all the dealers' available incentives before you arrive at the dealership. So TrueCar users save an average of over $3,000 of MSRP as well, and over 2 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. Okay, so you're saving money, up to $3,000. You're saving time, 90 minutes in and out. So when you're ready to buy, get rid of all the crap, cut the crap, man. Just visit TrueCar or download the TrueCar app when you're ready to buy a new or used car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience and an easier car buying experience and a Cheaper car buying experience. True Car. Download the True Car app. Do it today. Remember, some features not available in all states. Kindred Spirits airs Friday nights at 10 Eastern, 9 Central on TLC. The season finale this Friday, it is terrifying. Uh, Amy Bruni and Adam Barry are the creators and co-hosts of the show, and they do all of the paranormal investigating themselves. So what do you guys call yourselves? Yeah, mm. Investigators. Paranormal <laughs> investigators. Paranormal investigator. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Um, we're like the ghost therapists. We're like the ghost Mulder and Scully. <laughs> yeah, we do get a lot of Mulder and Scully lately. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad cool. call. No, yeah. that's all right. Yeah, yeah. I like I'll it. take that, it. Actually, especially if they just renewed the series, that's good hey, for you guys. Re- right? Real live exile. <laughs> Tell us about when you're when you're filming a show. Like, if you do an episode, does it take a week to get what you need for the episode, or you're out of there in two days? Oh no, it takes. Yeah, it's about. I would say a solid five days. Mm. Um, and we do keep our cases in the New England area for the most part, just because this is where we live, and it's hard for me to get away from my family. And you know, Adam's got all his stuff mm-hmm. going on uh, with his theater company, and so. Um, but that being said, we're still there solidly for a good four or five days. And I mean, honestly, it's kind of as long as it takes. It, I right. mean, at the end of five days, if we still didn't feel like we had an answer, we'd be like, "Well, we got to stay here another day and or two." And we can do that. Yes. We, we can pull our EP power. Yes. <laughs> we need to stay an extra day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. As long as the family's okay with it, you know. As long We're, as they're not sick of us by, yeah, then. by then. Are they staying in the house with you at that time? No. Or we usually, they come in and out. Um, we have them investigate with us a lot because whatever's there is familiar with them more than us. And especially if it's someone they love, um, if we have the equipment there that can actually hear this ghost, if they're with us, that really is helpful. So um, they'll come investigate, but most of the time we, we put them up in hotels um, and, and they're welcome to come in and out at any time. But we also, you know, sometimes, you know, like we were doing that case in Pittsburgh where we got this piece of evidence where we were uh, doing an EVP session in the woman's bedroom and we were like, you know, what's in the closet? And all of a sudden our, we give this EVP of this scream, like this blood curdling scream mm-hmm. in our recorder. And we thought, gosh, we don't even want to show this to her. She's gonna. She was already so freaked out. So if she had been there at that time, that probably wouldn't have been great. (laughs) So that's the kind of stuff we kind of keep to ourselves until we know for sure what our answers are going to be at the end. So that's why we we don't. 
encourage them to stay, but you know, we're not going to tell somebody, you know, get out. Right. But. And we, the families are also like family members are also there during the daytime for us to interview them and talk to them about their experiences more than the tour. Like we do the tour with them and they tell us what's happening, but we also have a chance to sit down with them one-on-one and pick their brain. And usually this is like the day after the first investigation, the first night, or, or maybe, you know, this, the third day we can ask them more questions based on things that we found. Um, we've called homeowners in the middle of cases by, by phone in the middle of investigation by phone to find out about certain objects that are, in a, in a place, so they're always available and we don't ever shut them out. We're very transparent about mm-hmm. what we're doing and how we're doing it so that they feel comfortable, the neighborhood feels comfortable because they still have to leave live there when we yeah. leave. Right. And mm-hmm. um, uh, we uh, are very open about what we're doing. So when you're filming, I mean, obviously you, you guys are kind of down with it and you know what's going on. Do you have a, a crew that's there filming with you? And I would assume that probably some of them are just guys on the clock making some cash, you know, doing their job that don't believe. Have you ever seen a crew member get freaked out by some of the stuff you've seen? Many times, yeah. What's great about our show is we we do kind of break that fourth wall. Um, You'll see our camera operators in shots a lot. We don't hide them. Right. Uh, And they have... What you're doing, you're filming. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And they have experiences. You know, we in New Hampshire, I was busy, you know, setting up a camera and my camera operator all of a sudden just went like this because something was grabbing his camera and pulling it backward and he mm-hmm. tells me like something just grabbed my camera and you know we we had a, a P, an AC right. in um, Connecticut who hadn't had a bloody nose in years and then all of a sudden he just like randomly out of nowhere, out of nowhere just got this like gushing bloody nose during the case and it no go ahead you talked to him about no, it no so. it was intense and he was like it's never happened it, has, it hasn't happened in X amount of years. There was no reason for him to have it. It was the shoebox murder case. He was near the area where the murder had taken place. He was closer to that area. Um, A lot of our crew members on that case, because we thought the entity was like messing with us, um, you know, a loud bang would happen, and my, you know, the camera operator would just keep the camera there, but like peek out from the side Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be like, "Uh, "Are you kidding? Are you kidding me?" Or they'll be like, "You know, it's right here. It's behind (laughs) us. It's um." It's intense, and they do have experiences, and most of them brush it off. Well, and try there to was get that it, one. But there was one. I don't want to say what case it is because I don't want the I don't want the neighborhood to freak out or anything. But right. there was one. There, one of the cases this season, as we were investigating, we all felt bad, and that like oh, we God, yes. felt sick in the house. We all felt like dizzy and nauseous, and wow. um, and even the 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 crew was affected Mm -hmm. and all of us we would just come out and we're like i don't even want to be in there anymore like we just there was just something about that house the family seemed fine in there so we weren't really but there was just an ugly feeling in there and so but at the end of that case like literally Mm -hmm. at the end of that case Mm -hmm. um i i ended up in the the er with some crazy like leg my back thrown out or whatever and then our, our camera opera one of our other camera operators his back got thrown out our pa this is within three days of leaving mm-hmm. our pa had a, his appendix burst and had to get his appendix mm-hmm. removed our dp got lyme disease our uh, Ad- yeah. adam lost his lost all his all housing, housing for, for his theater company for, like the designers that were coming in for the for to tech a musical that we were opening in like a week all of that fell through completely like you lost the i uh, they the it, it was like a miss it was no it was like a misunderstanding but gotcha. i 
I, I thought it the, ho- the hotel was booked and in Provincetown in the summer if you don't book months in advance like I did right um, mm-hmm. you, you're screwed and so I was like literally scrambling for housing like all of a sudden scrambling for housing all of these things happen all yeah. of them happen literally within three days of leaving this house and all of us we just I remember telling Adam like I keep getting like panic attacks in this house mm-hmm. there was one night I just I had to get out of there I just had like the craziest yeah. just overwhelming feeling of Ooh, just icky and it was you know again the family was fine and I don't know what it, it it was I don't know if it was just whatever was there wanted us out so badly it was just like pushing this all on us mm-hmm. but that was really so that's strange. pretty terrifying when you to think about that like mm-hmm. this is not just you go into the house and something is falls off the, the wall I mean days later you're getting sick you're having right, bad luck like happening. cursed right. things yeah, yeah. That seems like you guys maybe got a little bit too close to where you were supposed to get. Yeah, it was. That was the first time that's ever happened for mm-hmm. me on a case. I don't think it was. I mean, having been there for five days, I definitely don't think it was something demonic or anything. I I think it was just an energy. I think the energy had more to do with some of the people in the family than the actual ghosts there. There was just, again, not talking about who they were or anything. Right. I just think there was just some negativity there that was not healthy (laughs) and um, And i think it kind of just seeped out into our lives because we're there for so long and i um you know it's it's a hazard again i'll say it it's a hazard of the job it's like you know uh i'm not comparing myself to anyone who does anything other than what we do but like you you go to work and you do things and you get sore or you like right sure like mm-hmm. you know uh you 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 work late nights in a hospital and you are sleep deprived and like things can occur from that it's just a hazard of the job yeah. except our hazards are unseen yeah. <laughs> it seems <laughs> well and 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 like I said, to think about some of these hazards and you're talking about sometimes there's attachments, mm-hmm. you know, you hear about that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's not the house that's haunted, it's the person that's haunted or whatever it may be. Yeah. Do you guys, like, like we, we didn't mention this a few times, but does it ever kind of like make you guys think like, are we doing the right thing here? Do we maybe try and get another gig or is it okay or you don't care? Or? Uh, it's hard and, and I, it's definitely not something I'll be able to do forever. It's it's not. I'm not afraid of attachments. It's more just continually exposing yourself mm. to people who've had like terrible things happen. You know, a lot of these mm. families have experienced tragedies, and it makes you very thankful for your own family and your own life. But it's it's. I would not. Ne- I mean, obviously, people who deal with like law enforcement and hospital you know, nurses right. and things like that. Like that's a whole different level of what they see traumatically and stuff. But. It's kind of similar in some respect in that you do keep seeing these terrible things over and over again, and then you start questioning like your own mortality and you know your life, and and it's heavy sometimes. You I go think home so. yeah. and you're like, gosh, I've just been surrounded by death for the last four or five days, and I just want to hug my baby and like, right. <laughs> and I think, yeah. And I think that's why we rely on the experiences to kind of get us through because we like the experiences, like the EVPs and like. I know oddly enough being touched or, mm-hmm. or like seeing objects move like those things are almost like lightheartedness sure. to what we're actually dealing with and again these cases aren't about us so they're there it's about the families and it's about helping these families and going in and making sure that they are okay and you have to give a part of yourself up a little bit each time that you do it um, and then we obviously you know rebuild it by yeah. like 
I don't know, hanging out with each other. Well, like, we're like the most cheerful yeah. paranormal investigators. Right. People are always like, you guys are so happy. You look right. so yeah. normal. And Yeah, it could be four in the morning. And we were done with the done with the investigative night. We will go back to the hotel and we will pop a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Every and time. And we will just kind of relax and talk about what was happening and talk about the case and drink wine and kind of <laughs> kind of mellow ourselves out a bit because I think yeah. you would have to though because it, like we said we're not comparing it but it would be like being uh, on the police force or working in a mm-hmm. emergency ward where there's so much negativity and so much heavy stuff mm-hmm. going on that when you get home I'm sure everybody does the same thing right you, you know have it's to. very very stressful and and you know on your mind not yeah even just physically. I, I mean just to when we were dealing with the, this family in Chelsea, you know, when she, this woman's, you know, looking at us and telling us how, you know, her brother was beaten to death by her other brother in the basement of their home and she can't even go into that space anymore. And, you know, she's telling you this story mm-hmm. and you start questioning, like, why am I here? Am I doing the right thing? You know, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of heavy stuff you have to kind of work through because, yes, she's having very legitimate activity. And but you don't want people to think that you're you know taking advantage of this terrible situation or whatever. You know, right. so there's all these moral questions that come up. But when they're so thankful at the end of it and they're crying and saying, you know, their life has changed you're like okay this is this right. is good yeah, yeah, this is why do i'm doing right this reasons, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's why we're filming our show the way we're filming it it's very documentary based so it's like it's 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 what you see is what you get it's the case it's how we're doing it and nothing is um nothing is like uh added on or nothing there's nothing there's no, no embellishment um, flair to it yeah. right. right it is like this is what it is and it has to be this way because we are taking these people's lives into our own hands Last few uh, questions. This is the million dollar question, but I have to ask. In your opinions, what what are ghosts? What are these things? And oh God! I I mean, the more I do this, I always say the less, less I know. I, know. Yeah. I mean, it, it really. I do think it's something energy based. I think it. I don't know that in this lifetime I will know the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that one day it will be explained by like quantum physics or something, <laughs> but. Uh, I I do think it's energy based in some way, just because I I see how often these things kind of interfere with our equipment and and how they interact with our equipment, and so that's that's the best I can come up with. I some people want to put more of like a religious leaning on it and and think about life after death and all that, and I do think there's something to it, but I don't know that it's necessarily a religion more than something that's naturally occurring. So, yeah. mm-hmm. like some 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 energy stays behind for certain people when yeah. they pass away. Yeah, yeah, I think our consciousness somehow. Yeah, we're all made up of the same thing. This table is made of the same thing we're made up of. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't our energy be constantly moving in between the things that surround us? And I think people feed off of that energy. And I think when you die, I don't think that energy dissipates. I feel like it goes into something else. People, some people maybe call it reincarnation. Maybe that's what it is. But it's. Uh, we are getting information that these people had previous lives though we're getting names we are getting information that no one would be able to know otherwise like that we can verify through history and research so you know this energy must have been a person at one point mm-hmm. i assume because they they're talking to us right right mm-hmm. um but a lot of you know some people oddly to talk about the weird things you know some people maybe think they're invisible time travelers from another dimension <laughs> or the interdimensional like they I've are heard the dimension mm-hmm. they're shifts. us yeah. they're us but they are in a different time period or they're aliens who are just observing our own world or you know it um it could be a ton of different things and hopefully i mean i would at least like to get 
20% further <laughs> to know, know. <laughs> before we become this energy, yeah. you know? I mean, it's amazing how many people think they know exactly what it is. We hear from them every day after yeah. the episode airs. They're like, it's a demon. That's a demon. <laughs> we get <laughs> that all the time. Anything you're talking to is the devil. Yeah, yeah we yeah, get, yeah, you know, yeah, there fine. are people who are just very set in what they think it is. And I think that in order to properly research it, you have to always have that kind of open mind. I agree. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? So. It blows my mind, and I've said this before, how people who just completely don't believe it at all and won't even consider it, it's very arrogant. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, you know, to think there's no life after death or energy or, or you there's know, no life on other life planets. on other planets or life under the water or yeah. life in the forest or whatever it may be just to say like, nope, when you die, that's it. I just find that to be very, uh, very short sighted and very arrogant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you have to have an open mind to mm-hmm. what's going on, not just for these supernatural things, but just in life in general. Yeah. Because sure. there's always things that you don't expect that happen. If you're paying attention, you'll pick it up a lot quicker, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, last question uh, What is your favorite episode of, of Kindred Spirits so far? Oh, God. Uh, I mean,. I love all our families. I love. I feel all, all like of them. we keep in touch with all of them. Um, I would say probably the most fascinating one for me. It's it's a toss up between Chelsea, yeah. and the season finale, um, which hasn't aired yet. But it's talk about Chelsea. Chelsea's the one where it was the woman whose uh, whose brother died in the basement, and she um, there's it was just a very close knit family. And just as their stories kind of came out, and then we found out some really interesting history about the Chelsea fire that happened nearby, and her young, her granddaughter had seen an, an apparition of a man dressed in like period clothing that just didn't fit any of the other ghosts. But we were able to verify this other crazy mm-hmm. piece of history mm-hmm. that happened, and um, and then just helping them. They, I just felt like I felt like she really needed us, you know. Even just after at the end of everything, just getting that hug from her and seeing her actually get to go in her basement again, which she hadn't done in years, mm-hmm. and to talk to her brother, um, it was just heart wrenching. So that one. And is the brother gone now? Yeah. He, uh, oh, I don't know if he's gone. I haven't heard from them. Um, I know it's not as he was just. I think he was very mischievous, and I don't think she wanted to assume it was him. And. And she didn't know how to apologize because she left. They went on vacation and she left him in charge of the house. He wanted to stay behind and be in charge. And like Adam was saying, he had the mental capability of like a 12 year old. And so he felt like the house was his, but then her other brother was a drug addict and he broke in while they were on vacation and, mm-hmm. you know, Killed beat him. him to death. And it was, it was an awful, awful wow. murder. Yeah. yeah. Is that the matchbox yeah. guy? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so she just, never grappled with that guilt and so once she was able to hear him playing like he used to she knew he was okay and it was just and she's very religious too and it's not often we get called in by people Mm -hmm. who are super religious Mm -hmm. um but it was just this weight off her mind so that would probably be my favorite and then the the season you know i agree Mm -hmm. i mean i think all of our cases all of our cases are completely unexpected obviously we show up we don't know what we're going to get and i think they're fascinating what we find out i think um, the case with Megan and her grandmother, I think that is to I, to me it's 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 what it's all about because she a had no idea uh, that it was going to be her grandmother. Neither did we. 
Um, she thought it was the um, the previous homeowner who committed suicide, and she was terrified of that. But to get that acknowledgement that it is her grandmother, that her grandmother appreciates the things that she does for her grandmother, even though she's passed, like she would clean up the grave. Right, right. She would do. She had all of her grandmother's objects, which we got an EVP that said, "I made them," <laughs> you know, up on the wall. And she was very dedicated to the memory of her grandmother, and she loved her grandmother and her father like obviously loved his mother and like this family was so tight knit and just to have um, that grandmother come through and kind of acknowledge the work that the family's continuing to do and that it's, it's going to ha- keep going through generations um, was exactly why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. It's a great show and it's a great team. The modern day Scully and Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> Amy like and Adam. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you. Kindred Spirits is a must-watch TV show on the TLC uh, channel every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central. The season finale is this Friday. Check it out. Amy Bruni, Adam Berry, helping real-life families who are being tormented by paranormal activity in their homes. And if you're a little late to, uh, if you haven't seen the show yet, you can watch all the episodes at TLC.com or on the TLC Go app. Watch the season finale this week and then go back and watch all the rest of them. Catch up uh, and you will be hooked and you will be scared, as you heard. But uh, don't worry, Amy and Adam got your back. Uh, So speaking of got your back you know uh, you know i do you know uh, you know chris has got your back you know tij's got your back you want to hear more paranormal tales and stories then check out the latest addition to the jericho network beyond the darkness that's right premiering monday december 19th dave schrader and tim dennis of darkness radio uh, discuss all things paranormal joining the jericho network our first paranormal show and what a what a pair of experts we got they're expert researchers they'll talk to ghost hunters regular people who've experienced the unknown all things uh, cryptozoology sasquatch shadow men so much uh, that we've talked about dave's taken part in hundreds of investigations and tim's experiences date back to his childhood when he was visited by dead relatives I know you guys are going to love this one. We're going to kick off the Beyond the Darkness show with Beyond the Darkness. is going to be right here on Talk is Jericho. We're going to talk to Dave and Tim the week of, uh, of the premiere, Monday, December 19th, uh, Friday, I believe, Friday, December 16th. You are going to hear from Dave Schrader and Tim Dennis when Beyond the Darkness joins the Jericho Network, December 19th. It is going to be terrifying. So there you go. You can actually now be entertained all week long on the Jericho Network at Podcast One because we've got the hilarious Team Tiger Awesome show every Sunday morning. Then Monday... Monday is going to be Beyond the Darkness, featuring all kinds of fascinating interviews, discussions, and experiences related to paranormal occurrences. It's going to scare the crap out of you. Then on Tuesday, smart wrestling discussion and analysis with Killing the Town, Storm and Cyrus. Then you got Keeping It 100 with Conan and his crew, KG, Disco Inferno on Thursdays. Uh, all of that on the Jericho Network. And of course, Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday. Who's got your whole week wrapped up now, man? You're going to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, leave uh, everyone on the Jericho Network five-star rating review, and a one big last thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting all the Talk is Jericho sponsors i couldn't do this show without them or all of you and that includes the og sponsor amazon you can find my amazon links at podcast1.com click on the killer deals button in the top right corner of the page then hit the talk is jericho button i got amazon links for the usa uk canada a and every time you use the talk is jericho amazon links amazon kicks back a small percentage of the show to help us cover production costs you can buy anything you want on amazon just go to podcast1.com click on the killer deals button in the top right corner of the page then hit the talk is jericho button no extra fees or hidden charges take a picture of what you buy post it at talk is jericho 
Jericho on the Twitter. I will follow and I will uh, retweet it as well. You can also find all my great sponsors uh, at the Killer Deals area on podcast1.com, including ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get the max pack or the combo pack and get a second for 50% off. Omaha Steaks, go to omahasteaks.com. Enter my promo code Jericho in the search bar to get the family gift pack for $49.99. How tasty is that? Don't forget DraftKings. Use my promo code Y2J to play for free this weekend with the uh, UFC pay-per-views. And Bowling Branch, go to bowlingbranch.com. Use my promo code Jericho to save 50 bucks off your first set of sheets. And you got 30 days to return them if you don't like them. Uh, you're going to like them. And you're also going to like it on March 15th, 2017, 94 days from now, when Mick Foley joins Talk as Jericho, makes his debut for the biggest podcast ever that's going to be on march 15th the countdown is on i thank you for listening and keep listening for the 60 second ap news headlines coming up next and coming up this friday sean waltman x-pack makes his talk as jericho debut and he is as honest as they come uh, a straight shooter one of my favorite people in the business he's going to be here sean waltman x-pack six pack he's going to be here on friday so we will see you then in the meantime and in between time stay hard stay hungry peace love and hugs and a big yeah boy You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.